Really? You're making these sounds before he's got all the cameras on. Mm-hmm. But I think the center one's running, so you can. What you got? Such a good sound. I wish I could have made that sound effect when I was in school. There were always the kids that were doing that in the back and looking around, and the teacher would be looking around for the, you know, for the water, dripping water. Things you figure out after college. I learned that in grad school. Anyway, I, I welcome learned to a lot since college. Like, are we all are we all recording? Yeah, we're just waiting for you to do your thing. Well, I'm waiting. Um, we can just run that center camera, and then Derek can clap, and we're we have our intro. Okay. <laughs> Why is it always so difficult for you? Are you deafening yourself? Can you get back to the... There it is. What? Did you just discover this? Yes. And hold on. I took... I'm, I'm going to add sound effects to this episode. Oh, no. But I can't see the screen from here, and we're like, we're not going to dig up the uh, the whole set. So I have this set up here so I can see which buttons to hit. Oh. This is high-tech shit, Derek. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most important thing, I think, is follow-up from the end of last episode. This is so much better than the bullshit, the bullshit button that we used to have. <laughs> <laughs> We've made it all of, like, a month. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I needed mean, to have like a remote control here where I could just like bloop, insert sound effects or just um, make them myself. Uh, I really feel like a 95 year old. Um, <clears throat> John Phillips mm-hmm. was indeed the author of the uh, Escalade uh, article that I quoted last time. And as you pointed out, has returned to a car and driver. The funny thing was we, we finished that, that previous segment and he, Derek immediately gets his phone out because I was like, that has to be Phillips you're talking about. And I open my laptop and on the front page is his review of the, the Tesla Cybertruck, which is not a review of the Tesla Cybertruck. It's like a, a RC, RC car. car. And the, well, I haven't even read it yet because it, it was still on my screen. It's the fucking pictures alone were, had us all laughing out loud. So yeah, uh, so point proven. go and read everything John Phillips has ever written. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A few quotes from the Escalade EXT article uh the escalate ext is cadillac's answer to the avalanche i'm just i'm just preparing myself not that anyone at chevrolet actually asked the question but someone must have because an ext showed up in our parking lot and 5900 pounds of black cadillac is hard to miss um fair enough also let's see i actually drove the uh, escalate ext it is very quiet it has a remarkably supple ride its tires work well on drive pavement It it is a serene highway cruiser in the manner of modern greyhounds that are simple to nurse downstream as long as you're not impinging on, on vast portions of the adjacent lane. Over 40 miles per hour, the steering is beset by an on-center dead spot, although this may have been an option. <laughs> um, Cadillac's brand manager says, Cadillac research showed that there was a real need for the EXT. A real need for a Cadillac pickup? Really? If so, then here are a few things that I really need. An air-conditioned front yard, iguana skin pa- patio furniture, stigmata, mint-flavored Drano, gold-plated roof gutters, a 190-horsepower Mercruiser salad shooter, a dog with a collapsible tail, an office desk that converts into a hovercraft, chrome slacks, a lifetime subscription to extreme fidgeting, a third arm, a fourth wife, a smokeless Cuban Robusto, reusable Kleenex, 
Um, were you under the impression that this was to be an editorial, John? Signed, the editor. Uh, and then, uh, let's see. I drove this Cadillac to our 10 best loop to test its handling. Later on, I came back. <laughs> uh, so good. No laugh track needed for that one. The stigmata one got me, though. Like, yeah, the things also, I need, stigmata. Uh, otherwise, the XT is a magic carpet ride because it crushes its own gravel as it goes. Uh, so, Man is a genius. Go back and read everything John Phillips ever wrote. He did one, I think it was an uh, uh, Explorer versus a Grand Cherokee um, compare. And then, um, we're talking, God, this has got to be 25 years ago. And I just remember howling, laughing the whole time. Because not only was the story itself fucking hilarious from start to finish, but the photos were of two Boy Scouts beating the shit out of each other the entire time. <laughs> so there were no pictures of the vehicles. They were. They were in the background. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, they were, they, I, who knows who did it? um who even wrote that but it was just he's everything he touches is so funny so i can't uh i'm so super excited yeah that is not the topic of of today no that was closing out the last one yes exactly that was a follow-up um i oh i closed the thing I, let's see what this one does yes haha -ha. um <laughs> we need to have we need to have this soundboard over here where you could just like turn the whole hour-long podcast into a series of sound effects no we're going to discuss something called an integra yes the acura integra i want to talk about an integra hmm. i want to talk about acura so i have an acura integra press car at the moment um and i have a lot of things to say about it really mm -hmm. what are they okay uh first of all <coughs> it is not nearly as ugly as it looked in the press photographs um the original photos of the car i think were like a flu phlegm green or like a yellow snot fucking bile yeah the car's not ugly yes um the original photos made it look like it they the styling cues were taken from the accord cross tour mm, yes. um, and it's not it's actually a decent looking car um so that's first and then I sort of got violent about the whole thing in the that sort of pure soapbox rhetoric way of like, it's not a fucking Integra. Um, and when I was talking to the, 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 the guys over at Honda PR or Acura PR, they were like, you know, everyone's shitting on this thing for being a four-door and um, they're, you know, they're comparing it to the Integra Type R, which it's not. It's just a base Integra, so they need to compare it to the original Integra. And that's a really good point. Um, the original Integras also were all available as four-doors. Yeah um four-door hatch and this thing is a four-door hatch um mm -hmm. and and they sold you know 500 integra type r's and 500,000 i'm making these numbers up uh regular integras unfortunately for acura my response to that is which i didn't actually say to the, the acura pr team yet is you're judged always by your legend not to use another accurate <laughs> name but that's and I not by your way, vigor right and not by oh <laughs> you're right i mean the, the integra type r is which i've never driven yet Neither have I. i'm about to um was that's where the bar is and you're always going to be judged by that so fair or unfair people are going to judge. i, this I encountered this sort of with the bronco when they brought it back because they brought the bronco sport back first they brought the sport first and then the full-size bronco and it's like, if you want the halo effect to function, I think you have to bring the big one back first and then the little right. one. And you have to bring the sort of I, I product. This is what that thing that Tesla did that was really innovative in the beginning where they brought a car where you're like, oh, it's a car that is actually genuinely lustworthy as opposed to like a glorified golf cart when mm -hmm. they're trying to proselytize for electric cars. 
And so I think the same thing applies when you're bringing back, especially a legendary nameplate. You have to start with like the epic first. Right. And so everyone in their mind's eye, the Integra is a three door kind of compact sport, that Mm -hmm. genre of car, which has effectively disappeared Mm -hmm. uh, and then come to the four door afterwards. At least there was an original four door Integra. So I'm okay with that. And, and the sport coupe market died. It's gone. It's dead. So why did that happen? I think because cars got so big that there was no point in having coupes. I mean, first of all, when is this episode going to launch? Because I, d- I did this thing on uh, the Icons episode about the Z, um, where if I look at what the sports car of choice is for the non-well-heeled enthusiast, the sort of normal person with a regular job, um, it went from being an incredibly impractical car, which was the British Roadster, right? So it's a, con- a two-seat convertible that broke all the time and leaked water and oil. Um, and then morphed into a, a closed two-seater to a hot hatch to a hot sedan and is now a hot SUV. And so as as we've be, as wages have stagnated for the middle class, we need our sports car to do more and more things. And I think that's part of the reason why this the coupe segment itself dried mm. up. We don't have the money to, to have a coupe when you can just have a four-door and there's no appreciable difference in the way they drive. I mean, everything... Like the Z is a sedan-based sports so you, car. Do you think the sports sedan killed the sport compact? I think the fact that there are so few actual sport compacts left that are not based on big, huge sedans is what killed it. That they, yes. But weren't they always based on, or I guess they were based on like hatchbacks before. Yeah. I think that's what, you know, the Z3 is a perfect example of a car that's that, that should have been amazing and wasn't. All of them, the Z3, Z4, 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 right? I mean, those were incredible looking sports cars that lost every single comparison test every single time to every single Porsche. And it's because one of them was a purpose-built sports car and the other one was a sedan and sports car drag that just didn't deliver the experience that the looks promised. But why do they drive worse than they, the BMW sedans? Because then they're given no suspension travel and they have a chopped wheelbase. So you take the good things out of a sedan, you keep all the weight, you know, and the next thing you have a Z3. Hmm. Which, you know, it's fine until you've ever driven a Porsche. Anyway, but well, I mean, back I mean, to... There's a price difference. Yeah, but I would say it's worth it. We'd rather have a 986 than a Z3. Oh my God, yeah. Drive them back to back. I mean, the Z3 is beautiful. It's just the last 986 I drove was a little disappointing. They're it not. just needs to be noisier, I guess. Right, but I you can noise, fix it with... Noise would fix it a lot. You can't fix a Z3. Yes. Can't. No fixing it. I know, it. I know. This, it's funny, I went on a drive with one of my friends who has one this weekend, and he was running out of suspension travel and like no bump stops. And I was like, I think you shouldn't try to fix this car. I think you should buy something else. Yeah, the car's flawed. Great looking, pretty, nice cruiser, but it's as flawed as a sports car. Yeah. Um, but back to Acura. So Acura, this Integra is going to be judged based on the greatest hit Integra, which is the Type R, which I don't think is really fair to this yeah, Especially car. after you get a hiatus of so long, because mm-hmm. I guess the RSX was the last Integra, and that well, was, what, 15? It's a long time ago. Integra's dead 20 ago. years, and so the question is, is this just a, a, a shameless ILX rebadge, right? Because the ILX was a Civic. So was the Integra. The original Integra was a Civic. This is a Civic. Is this a failed marketing ploy, or is it a good car? So you drove it. I made I you did. go out and drive it. Yeah, yeah. And? Um, I didn't hate it. It seems unobjectionable. It's like upmarket inside in a way where you're like, okay, this is an Acura. It's not like it's nicer than a Honda inside. I mean, I don't have a lot of reference points for modern cars. It, 
I, but I, what I, I was like, I want the red line to be higher. It goes to 6,500. Like they, if you think about the ingredients that make the Integra formula great, it's the, the engine was always a big part of it. And for this, it's like, it's 6,500. It's fine. It, I mean, I don't know. It was unobjectionable. I didn't hate it, but it didn't particularly inspire me either. I'm appreciating that it's a manual uh, and that it seems to be a good manual. So like, I don't know. It was fine. It, it was not very noteworthy to me. Okay, so I'm I'm actually in a slightly different camp on this. So I like this because we disagree. Okay, let's fight it out. Um, I love it. Yeah. I love the way it drives. Okay, um, so I'm gonna put. I don't have any modern car reference right. points. This is this is except for a GTI. We're gonna disagree with this. Uh, we're gonna disagree on it uh, from the big picture, but we're actually uh, I'm, we're disagreeing because we're actually agreeing. In the realm of old cars and stuff that had personality, this is fine. In a world of new cars, this is fucking great. Really? Um, is that the state of new cars? Oh yeah, they're shit. They're terrible. You've I driven mean, like what is the closest thing that I've driven to this would be a GTI. I don't right. know that I've driven anything else that's remotely close. In well, and compared to your and GTI, there's a reason why all I do is tell everyone go buy a GTI, and it's because it's the best in terms of fun. Until you get to Veloster N, like Veloster N crucifies GTI in every fun metric there is. <clears throat> but get in this car it's very strange because you sit very low so you get in and you're kind of like you have to step up to get out of the car it's like it's almost subterranean the shifter is amazing the clutch take up is perfect there's no rev hang you yes, just i didn't notice that you just go right in and it's the best of honda stuff like honda's sometimes are really annoying with the rev hang and it's you have to work really hard to be smooth with I've never the clutch. them yeah a lot of it like the k20 cars were so the late so the Aux. fact that I didn't complain about it, I guess, is... The yeah. No, what you're saying, I mean, but that the blippability of that motor, the fact that it's... Wum, ba, 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 boom, the the red line is... So what's... Do you know how big that engine is? 1.6? It's 1.5. Tiny. So the, the fact that they have... Oh, a, so I thought... I was like, oh, it's kind of slow. And then I was like, oh, it's turbocharged. And I was like, this is the modern car thing where it's probably smaller than I think. It's tiny. It's a 1.5. Uh, but the the lag is masked pretty well. Not too bad. It feels linear. Mm -hmm. Like it's not like it It never. Um, there's never any sudden boost or right. onset. It feels like a two liter NA, you know, yes. motor. It's 200 like horsepower. Like I had to hear the turbo mm -hmm. in order to confirm that it was turbocharged. Because I went in knowing nothing about the right. car. And I was like, I wonder if this thing is turbocharged. I was like, it probably is. Oh, Florida, 1,000 RPM in a second? You'll fucking know. Yes. And it's... Yes. I had that exact experience. Um, but... After getting out of the Z, which is, you know, a three liter. Okay, Z's got another, it's twice the horsepower. It's 400 horsepower. But <clears throat> you need to drive a Z when you when you can because that's an example of everything that's wrong with modern manuals. It's so disconnected. The shifter's okay, um, but the car doesn't react to your throttle inputs. So that blip that you can do in, in this Integra where the engine responds, even when it's ice cold, wham, bam, 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 is gone for most modern cars. You blip and they don't react or they react a second later and slowly and don't do what fucking nailed it, fucking nailed it. So I love the shifter, love the clutch, love the motor. The limiter isn't some modern, you know, let me just gradually close the throttle and just, it's a old school. I didn't do that. I did. Um, <laughs> I certainly did. Um, love the limiter. And that's a stupid observation, but it's just additive to one of, it's one of those little additions that makes a car fun. Right. Slows you down, but you get a little pop. The, you can hear the turbo blow off whoosh. Um, barely, but it's there. Yes. 
Um, it's, it's got a limited slip, hmm. like an actual limited slip. But then you can't turn off stability control. So I was violent about that mm. until I did a fucking enormous burnout and it doesn't care. So I was like, all right, it doesn't care. Um, so I, I like I like the seating position. I love the brake feel. The steering is OK. Like all the pass. OK. Um, suspension tuning is you didn't really drive it all that much. Dead. Perfect. It has adaptive dampers in normal mode. It's basically the same as it is in sport mode. I can't tell them apart, mm-hmm. which is probably not a good thing. Um, so why, you know, why have dampers, uh, adaptive dampers? But from a driving pers- perspective, this is one of the most analog feeling, natural, well-tuned sports mm-hmm. sedans I've driven in <sighs> years. But I think it's a complete fuck up for Acura. Because On the basis of... There's a Civic Si for eight thousand dollars less, and it's the same exact car. So here's it. so with a less nice interior and a less nice badge and a more juvenile image. Okay, so I like that you brought up the image because the last Civic type Civic Si was dumb looking. I mean, it looked like a you know a four year old was on an acid trip and drew it in the middle of the night on a bender. Um, what more? Hold on. Oh, got the right one. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I think the, the last Civic as I was very juvenile looking and it didn't drive anywhere near as nice as this car. It was laggy and didn't respond well and just kind of wasn't awake and, and alive in the same way. Um, but now the Civic SI is really handsome and understated and good looking. Mm. So that's a problem um, where this should have, like in a, it, the way I see Acura is, it's a premium brand based on a Honda. So if the Civic is going to be a 1.5, Civic SI is going to be a 1.5 liter that's juvenile looking, the Integra should be a grown-up version of that exact car. Handsome, understated styling, and maybe a little bit more you know, grown-up interior. I have yet to be in the new Civic. Um, I have one hopefully coming up next week. Uh, according to everyone who has that the Civic's nicer is, interior is nicer than the Acura's. Really? I thought the Acura was quite nice inside. Me too. I got in them. Like the, the vents are metal. They look like metal and they're actual metal. Apparently so are the Civics. Hmm. Um, and like when you really start to look around, you start seeing cost cutting shit. Like on the surface of it, this one has red suede seat inserts and then vinyl on the bolsters that are both red and black. Like it's got three, a three tone seat that's expensive to do. But then the driver's seat back doesn't have a pocket when the passenger does. So you can see the cost cutting. You see where somebody was like, let's save 50 cents on that. Well, that's fucking dumb on a premium brand. Mm. Um, The big issue is that it's mechanically identical to the Civic. So they both have a a limited slip. They both have the same 1.5. The Acura has uh, adaptive dampers, but comes on all-season Contis, which are not an aggressive tire. Where the Civic comes on aggressive summer rubber um, and gets rid of the adaptive dampers. And for this year, probably just to make room for the Acura. I don't understand. And by the way, there's an $8,000 price difference between the two cars. Hmm. I'm still coming to terms with the fact that that is, as a modern car, that that is like the best that exists. It's not the best. I have yet to drive... uh, uh, Elantra N. I keep wanting to say Veloster. Hyundai Elantra N. Um, Veloster N is by far the best hot hatch, and Elantra is effectively the sedan version of that. I have one coming up in two weeks, and I can't wait to get in that car because the Elantra is 
uh, the, the Veloster is just fucking mind-blowingly good. And I expect the same for um, Elantra, but I don't think the interior will be this nice. Mm. I mean, like, yeah, I just, it's fine and was not objectionable, but it, I, all of the praise that you just heaped on it surprises me because the car felt, I don't know, a little bit characterless. Welcome to Modern Cars. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> I just broke Derek's heart. Is there, hold on, there's a sad shit. There it is. <laughs> Modern Cars suck, but, okay. In terms of just as an enthusiast, the, like the texture and the interactivity. I think you put a loud exhaust on this car um, and good tires and it could be a lot more fun. Yeah, I think, I think my read on it would be different if I were hauling ass on a good road because mm-hmm. that usually makes me like most things. You would, if the car, all you would okay. hear is those poor all, all seasons. seasons making terrible noises. Yeah, like when I bought my GTI, it had some garbage, whatever the stock tires are on it. And that was another big fuck up. A fun suck. Right, another big fuck up. I just think... Acura as a brand is troubled. We know this, right? They can't sell any of the sedans. Um, the Nobody can sell sedans. Well, yeah, but Acura can't sell anything. I mean, their SUVs are even really not good. Right? There's just, this is the reason I wanted to bring up Acura. A luxury brand is a very difficult thing to do, right? This is a made-up bullshit name. In the same way that, by the way, Integra is a made-up bullshit name, right? It started out as a bullshit name. And that built a legend based off of it. So did Acura, so did Lexus. This is not like a Mercedes-Benz that has a 100-year history, right? So, you know, Infinity, Acura, and Lexus just kind of were pulled out of someone's ass. It was like, we're going to make a luxury luxury brand. And Acura created a legend that was called a legend um, by making a car that really said something and really stood out and really gave you something different. And the same thing with Integra. Integra was, you know, a prelude or a civic sort of competitor that was different and better. And this car, as much as I like, really like the way it drives, that's in a vacuum. That car is $37,000, which seems to me about right, except that I know that I can get a mechanically identical civic for 31 or 30, 30 or whatever, whatever it is. The automatic, which is a CVT, is $31,000. So this is how fucked up. Wait, automatic which? Integra. What? Yeah. Why? Acura fucked up. They thought you make the entry price car a CVT, which by the way, let's a CVT has to cost three, four, five times as much to produce as a manual transmission, right? It's got to be far per unit, right? It's a complicated thing to make when a manual transmission is effectively free. Um, they priced the manual such that you have to get every single option fully loaded, $37,000. When the There's no other manual available? Not yet. I mean, not at launch. That's Manual is fully loaded, CVT is base. Dumb. Can you get the CVT in you, higher trim level? Yeah, you can add trim. But you can't get the manual in, in lower trim levels. So at 31000 bucks, the way I see it is that thing... I'll forget about the uh, the CVT. Thirty one thousand bucks. It's a hell of a nice car. It's a huge back seat. Not a lot of headroom. I can. I'm five ten and a half, and I barely, genuinely, barely fit in the back. I don't think I'd take a trip back there. But foldable seats, hatchback usability. Like it's a it's a nice thing with beautiful interiors and a fucking killer sound system. Really good. Thirty one grand. That'd be a bargain. Thirty seven. I'm like, you know, this isn't really bad until Civic Si. So why does Acura exist as a brand if it doesn't give me anything that Honda does? This is what I'm wondering. 
I guess everybody else is wondering it too, and that's why they're not selling any of them. I mean, so far they're selling, but they're, you know, they're... Integras are selling? Integras. But they're such low volume that, you know, they're selling. The dealer that I spoke to has sold all of their allocation through September. And I'm like, oh, that's really great. 85% of pre-orders are manual. Um, and yeah, they're getting all the enthusiasts and... When you say all, the local dealer is 25 allocations between now and September. Mm. Not hmm. a lot of cars. Wow. So it's one thing to say 85% of orders are pre-orders are manual and then it's 25 cars in three months. Not a lot. Mm. And of course, I want Acura to succeed. I want everyone to succeed, right? You want great shit because the more great cars there are, the better our lives are. But I just can't understand who made the decision to take the premium version and make it $8,000 more than a comparably equipped Civic Si with the same power, the same entire powertrain, the same everything, a not an interior that's apparently not as nice. So the big benefit is you get an Acura badge and a great sound system. And different styling. And different styling, which isn't mm. bad. Which is generally not bad. But come on, what is going on? Does does the world not understand how to make a premium product? Like that should be the two liter. That should have the Civic type. So previous generation, you didn't drive Civic, right? The SI was okay. It was like a Civic with a manual that was all right with a lot of like I, can, I remember being able to repeatedly get to the floor and back on the gas pedal without the engine responding at all i have a hair in my eye like literally nothing like you just and it wouldn't even respond this thing is right away um but it was a fine car rode well did everything well it's a nice it's huge they're enormous now um but it was one of those like vibrationless existences the Type R, when you started it, that car was magic. That's like your GTI with the, the 034 dog bone insert in it. The whole thing buzzes and it's alive and the car was just reactive and fun and special. And it was genuinely the best Honda I've driven in, in terms of enjoyment, I've driven in years. This is five steps up from the old one, which is a great thing, but why the fuck does it not have that two liter, right? What luxury brand should have a car that can't keep up with a base Camry? Uh, is that in the cards? I mean, I would assume so. There's a Civic Type R coming. I think that this conversation would be completely different also, by the way, if this car were shaped like the iconic Integra shape, like an RSX, like a modern RSX. Because you would forgive all of that other stuff. Would you? you get it, it would be like it's a different body style. It's like a, it's putting itself into the like coupe realm and then it suddenly becomes more sexy and people are like, there's a closer connection to the iconic Integra shape. For everyone, I don't the the iconic Integra has got to be from the '90s, either that mm -hmm. the early one or the late one, uh, or an RSX, I guess. But anything that has that sort of was short, R high rear deck. Is the RX a, a thing? For, RSX a thing for you? Mm, I mean, no, I was not in that sphere. Yeah, me neither. I mean, Integra was a thing always. First gen and second gen were both. A but thing. like RSX is so clearly just another Integra that it for, was like the logical sort of continuation or extension of that. To me, it lost all of the sexiness of the second gen Integra. So that, you know, really? yeah, which was long and low and looked like a, a, a sports coupe. RSX looked like a commuter that had been turned into a two door. Like huh. it just proportionally just never worked. It was like an what, what happened to RX-8? Like RX-7 was sleek and... Yeah, I mean, that was very pronounced. Right. I, to me, it was the same kind of thing when RSX really? came out. I was like, yeah, this is just really? not. I thought it was handsome. But really? okay. I never really got, I was, 
I never wanted to interact with front wheel drive cars when I was younger. Mm. Period. Of any stripes. Because no one taught you how to do the reverse red line burnouts. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't. I never interacted with front wheel drive cars. In that or it's because your parents raised you in things that weren't front wheel drive. Yeah, you we, were raised right. See, I wasn't raised right. I could do. <laughs> we never, we never had a front wheel drive car. You know, we had an 83 Accord. That's a front wheel drive car. That was the only front wheel drive. But that car was gone by the time that, like, I barely remember that car. Like, that car was gone probably by the time I was five, four. That means, well, the, but. Four years old, maybe. Okay. They kept it for a while. Yeah. It was, mm, they bought it used, I think. They mm. probably bought it in 84. 485 those were hot cars i remember 80s like especially towards the end of the 80s like the the, the pop-up headlight accords were oh, yeah no we didn't shit. have one of those 83 you guys early ones the yeah. next one after that with pop-ups was genuinely the car that you bought if you were like practical but you had enough money to buy a new car and mm. and then the one after that was just world beater 90 yeah. 89 90 90 90 i think yeah with the flush headlights that yeah. thing was gorgeous but yeah, so it was just not a part of my lexicon to okay. think about front-wheel drive cars. I mean, Honda was such a part of my life because it was... So I spent 10 years... My, my entire 20s I spent in Pittsburgh. I moved there when I was 20 and I moved away right before I turned 30. And in a sort of more working-class, normal economy, like San Francisco is a great place to be a car person, but it's fucking expensive. And so therefore, everyone has expensive taste in cars. Pittsburgh was the opposite. It's a very, very inexpensive place to, to live and to exist especially back then um the enthusiast cars were all hondas and vws and there was a huge rivalry um like if you got next to a, a honda at a red light and you were in a vw which i was of course you were racing i mean there was just no contest there was no question about it there was like no discussion the light was going and there was a lot of wheel spin and it no one ever did anything all that fast like no one went quickly so no bad things ever happened um but uh that was a thing. So if you sort of had a tolerance for bullshit and breakdowns, you had Volkswagens. If you were smarter, you had a Honda. Um, and I loved all those, you know, the motor swapped, like the Integra Type R swapped and the GSR swapped Civic hatches and stuff like that. They were great to race because, of course, I had a VR6 swapped Golf. Um, mm -hmm. Same basic idea. As much horsepower as you can fit in these stupid little things. Um, and so Honda was a, is a company that I've always been a fan of because of their engineering and, and their might and um, a friend of mine had a 90 Accord and he bought it with one, two, three, four, five, six on the odometer. Hmm. And I think he's, it blew up with 280,000 on it because he drove it foot on the floor cross country at red line in third gear, like 500 RPM into the red Why? line with a trailer on the back mm -mm, oh. with a motorcycle trailer. It was his brother, I think actually finished it off. But yeah, he just loaded the thing up with everything he owned and no, it was, it was him. And, uh, trailer on the back and just 7,000 RPM across the whole country, used like two gallons of oil. And then it kind of didn't recover from that. <laughs> no shame. Um, but the thing was bulletproof and it was just amazing to drive. And like, you know, and that was just a Honda, like the Acuras of the time, like 90s legends. Pff, so good. I mean, as a brand, it is always the Japanese brand that I've resonated most with because it's the sort of think different and the enthusiast oriented brand and the like, let's go F1 racing in the 1960s brand. And, start in motorcycles and be, get really damn good at making naturally aspirated motors and all that stuff. And I think that's probably why my parents bought a Honda because my dad came from the motorcycle sphere and he had a lot of motorcycles in the 60s and was like an early adopter of Japanese motorcycles when Americans were like, no, no, you must, if you're into sport bikes, you must buy a Norton or a Triumph. 
Mm-hmm. My dad had all those and then sort of started riding Japanese bikes. So um, it was a brand, I think, that philosophically resonates the most. The sort of think different, the like we, I, you know, Soichiro Honda couldn't get a job at Toyota, so he started his own company effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, so philosophically, uh, I they definitely are the brand that I resonate the most with. And it's it all makes sense when you think about the NSX, the first NSX coming out of that place because you had the everybody else who was making sort of sporting cars in japan was like let's do the front rear layout and they're like no we've got to make an aluminum car that's mid-engined that is better than a 348 not yeah. a high bar admittedly no but i mean the honda was the things when you look at the way honda first first of all if you don't appreciate hondas work on one Have you ever worked on a honda no oh my god i mean this is again midwest stories but i remember doing um buddy of mine sort of uh worked at night uh what's that term when you work at night graveyard no when you sort of like moonlight you mm. he moonlit as a as a honda tech and so i was hanging out with him and he was like hey we just got to do a belt on this like 88 prelude or something and i'm like oh my god the car's got two hundred fifty thousand miles on it it's you know 10 years old at this point at that point in this was central pennsylvania anything that was 10 years old and you're doing a if you got oh we had a head gasket it was yeah, head gasket meant you got to take the exhaust off. And that means, of course, it's rusted. It's rusted. It's, you know, heat cycled to the point where you're going to break every exhaust bolt or every exhaust stud. It's going to be a nightmare. Literally, not one bolt was difficult to remove off of this car. And my buddy was looking at me like, what's wrong with you? What, why are you so like down on this thing? And I'm like, this is going to be a nightmare. This is going to take the whole fucking week. And he's like, dude, it's a head gasket. It'll be a couple hours. Zap, 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 zap. Just every bolt came right off. And it, totally changed even though i previously had respect for hondas completely took it to a new level like every bolt is plated and treated right and every part of that car was engineered so well that it was a pleasure rather than a nightmare to work on Hmm. um and so like even though i never owned one until the beat i've always held honda's engineering up here because when you start to touch it and look at it and interact with it you realize these are some of the best cars ever made they were light, and that NSX I don't like. I never liked that first NSX, but I, I certainly can appreciate its engineering. And that was sold here as a, an Acura, and everywhere else as a Honda. But um, Acura as a brand at the beginning was amazing because it took everything that made Hondas great and then gave you a little bit of luxury with it. Mm-hmm. And and that was until the mid late nineties. They've had a couple of different chapters in the accurate history right i mean the, the original one was the named car so, so it was legend vigor was a strange one vigor was a five-cylinder transverse no one knew what to make of it kind of a they were like if you want a legend but you can't afford a legend right you gotta you got a vigor um and then obviously there was integra was, was part of that the the next gen of of cars was largely lost to its name you know cltlrl completely lousy totally lousy and really lousy <laughs> so, no well that's what we call them why they're would not they? bad were they they were not good and the, the thing was they didn't it wasn't they weren't good i shouldn't say that the legend was one of the best names in the business right first of all on the face of it legend right but it was a nameplate that came out with a complete home run world beater front wheel drive luxury car right i mean totally established the brand of acura of what it is the second generation car was un believable and it came as a coupe that was drop dead gorgeous you can get it with a six speed um this was up there in young people's minds at the time with the likes of bmw which you know 
was the absolute king of the world. You know, you would say Acura, BMW, and Mercedes in the same sentence, and no one would look at you funny. That next generation of cars, when that RL came out, it looked like a Mercedes clone. It was just like an embarrassing 140 clone. Yeah. Um, and it lost all of its identity when it lost its name. The car no longer looked like a Honda. It no longer felt like a Honda. It was just a big bloated copy of the Germans. Mm. Even if it wasn't big and bloated, it just looked it. And it lost its name. And so that whole generation of cars, I think, is meaningless to almost everyone. I mean, there's Tyson, a friend of mine who lives in, in uh, you know, everyone knows Tyson because he's the Acura guy and he's got like, one of everything. He's got a CL. But, but he has a, doesn't have an RL. Oh, probably. No, because it wouldn't fit in his neighborhood. It was huge. Um, I, you know, but that's the, the sort of lost generation. And then, then the, the, the second Genteel came out, which was that 2004 or 2005 car, which was beautiful. Um, that was a really nice car. Second gen TL. Mm-hmm. I can see one and then I can see the other, but I don't know. I, the It was the tidy looking. Well, we could, there'll be an insert for you guys, but I like that we've stumped Derek. Um, I, I, well, I know which I. Oh. <laughs> I don't know which one is which. Okay. There was a beautiful one that came around in the two. There's a first one that's kind of floppy looking. Right. And then there's the second one, which has a very different shaped rear lights. That's quite handsome. Right, exactly. So that, that was one. the car. Okay. And it was genuinely. And it looked the front end looks like a T. The the um, the one that starts with I. <laughs> Ilex. Was I'm that tech- the first one? TSX. TSX. The front end of right. the the exactly. second generation TL looks like a T, the front of the TSX. Exactly. And that generation of cars that was another oh three oh four five that was sort of in that period of time that had the first K series motor that was like a screaming right. seven get a seven eight hundred RPM manual transmission. TSX was gorgeous. TL was gorgeous. Uh, it was like your four door transverse front wheel drive right. S two thousand. Yeah, exactly what it was. The next gen after that was actually a good car. That next TL was the one that had the. Um, like a beak front end like the chrome oh, beak front God, end yeah and it went back to being bloated that had super handling all-wheel drive which is that all-wheel drive system was magic it was so good but the car was enormous and it just lost its hondaness again mm-hmm. and it just keeps vacillating between trying to be like the germans and then trying not to be like the germans and we don't know what it is but it was very clear the first two generations were very clear of what legend is the fact that this company removed its names tells me everything I need to know about that brand. Because the first rule of marketing is create a nameplate and create an image. Well, they killed it at its, at its peak. So that tells me American Honda and everyone in it at the time didn't know what they were doing. Now we're trying to go back to names. And I think that's a great thing. Like, great. I'm happy we have an Integra. But it doesn't do what the original Integra did, which was give you something substantive and more grown up for your money than the base Civic. And that makes me sad because I want that car to be good. And it is genuinely good, but mm. it's just not viable. And there's an interesting fundamental flaw there. And there's a difference between a great product and a compelling product. And that's a great product that's not compelling. Mm. Try three-door. They should try and make a three-door and see if it functions. They need to put the two-liter in it. They need to make it... Well, I don't, I don't know what to do at this point because the Civic is handsome and good-looking again. I mean, yeah, so the Civic is a huge car now compared to what Civics used to be. And so they have done the same thing that every other damn company has where now they need to introduce something underneath it like Mercedes did with the, what is it, the A-Class. Mm-hmm. 
So, I, I mean, I, why does that happen? Like bloat? Yeah. Because somebody gets in there and like, hey, I, well, I spent the last three years driving my my C class and I or my A class, and I just think hmm, it could really use more leg room. And there's no one in charge. There's no grown up in the room saying, great, buy a C class next. Um, they say, well, we'll just make the A class bigger. And this happens every single generation and every single generation. I mean, look at the size of the current BMW 3 Series. Like even the two is so big. No way. None of these cars are yeah. interesting to small car people. Anyway, I just thought it was an interesting thing that, first of all, two things that are interesting. Number one, that you drove the Integra and you're not like, wow, that's amazing because you live in old Carville where that is not amazing. Um and but I, I think that is an amazing car but it's so interesting to me that honda could make a car that's really really good but not a compelling product well they did it's this si apparently mm-hmm. i can't wait to drive that car the one thing that the integra has done is make me want to drive the si even more and that shouldn't the premium brand shouldn't make me want to drive this because well, you're like brand. i'm gonna get the same thing for less money right but you should, maybe it should be the other way around, you. right? It should be the other way around. Like a Civic Si should make you go, "Oh my God, I'm I want that Integra so bad, but I can only afford the Civic Si." But that's the aspirational product shouldn't be the entry level one. It should be. Like, how do you fuck up a luxury brand where every single decision you make is counter to what the? So you, it's fundamentally it's a product planning issue that mm-hmm. you've identified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why should Why should the Acura get all season tires when the Civic Si gets summers? Who does this? Mm. I think it's somebody who doesn't know cars. Is that the the fundamental issue in the industry now? I mean, I think it's an issue at Honda. I mean, the previous product, we, I went on a couple of, of uh, consecutive Acura launches in probably the late 2000s, early 2010s, 20 teens. Um, And there was a wonderful woman named Vicky Paponi who was in product planning she was from New Jersey. She was Italian. She was very opinionated. And I loved her immediately because she, we were sitting at a dinner like in Sausalito at this like swanky place and everyone's railing on her for not putting a V8 in their flagship. And she was like, if I listen to you bunch of fucking assholes, she probably didn't curse this badly, but in my mind she did, so it doesn't matter. If I listen to you fucking assholes, I need a, a longitudinal front engine rear drive flagship sedan. And everyone was like, yeah, bitch. You do. <laughs> it was great. So we had a fucking screaming match over dinner over what a Honda flagship should look like. And it was genuinely fascinating hearing her very well reasoned, but ultimately completely incorrect as far as I'm concerned. Uh, <laughs> reasons for not having a V8, you know, rear wheel drive flagship. An LS, a Lexus LS. And le- exactly. And that flagship worked very well for Lexus for a long time. And then Genesis. And so at the time, Genesis was a new thing. And the Genesis was the Hyundai Genesis model. And we were all pointing to that. And she's like, that's just not Acura. And we're like, well, what the fuck is Acura then? Next car that I came out, the next launch I went on with TSX Sportwagon, which they launched here in San Francisco, which was great. It was a local trip again. And I'm like, this is the perfect market for this car. Because if you are a young professional and you don't want a BMW, you don't want a real like a, a German luxury mark. Here you can have something that gets great gas mileage, is fucking phenomenally good looking, and is upmarket enough to be sort of make fun of be proof, but like not douchey at all. Not available with a manual. Mm-hmm. And she was like, nobody's going to buy a manual wagon. I'm like, really? 
because 80% of Jetta Diesel, wagon, Jetta Diesel wagon sales are manual. And she's like, and how many fucking units is that? I'm like, 20,000 a year. Like, she just had all of the wrong information, 100% of the wrong information. So we all had a screaming match with her on that one again. And then the third one was ILX. And ILX, it was like... That's the new TSX. That, that's the new Integra. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a sedan only. Yeah, new TSX. Yep. Very poorly done copy of a Civic, right? It was a Civic as it as the Integra always had been, but this one was not good, right? The other ones were masked. You could tell it wasn't a Civic. This was not better than a Civic in any way, and it was just obvious what it was. But it was available with a K24, which was the 2.4 liter, wonderful motor, and a manual. And and Acura t- like you know brought this car out, was like celebrating, hey, it's back with a manual, whatever. The car was wonderful to drive, genuinely wonderful to drive, but fucking unbuyable because with the manual, you couldn't get the good stereo. You couldn't get satellite radio, like things that were important to buyers at the time. You couldn't get, I don't think you could even get like Xenon headlights. You had to get the base broke bitch model. And that was from a fundamental misunderstanding of what enthusiasts wanted, right? If you're 35 years old, you're making good money, you want something that's a manual and fun, you you want a, an ILS sound system. You don't want the bass AM radio. <laughs> and they fucked that up. And I'm so upset that I don't want to say they fucked it up this time, but that Integra is such a good car to drive, and I just can't wait to drive a Civic Si. <laughs> and it shouldn't. You be think that potentially way. no one's going to buy it? I think no one. The dealer's got an allocation of 25 cars between now and June. Okay, in the dealer's defense, they have no cars in the lot. Everything is back ordered. There's no supply. All that. But 25 cars in three months? Mm. Oops. That's a car every three days. That's not a lot of, and it, you know, it's a big dealership. Mm. Okay. Well, they're going to be very collectible. God, you always look on the bright side. I mean, I'm always, respe- I'm always approaching things from the respect of how they'll be when they're old cars. Because I think all I think about is old cars. So the title of this episode is going to be The 2022-2023 Acura Integra is a Future Collectible. Yeah. According to Hyphen. I mean, it depends what happens in the future. But if, you, if you're saying that this is the best uh, among the best cars you can currently buy and they're not going to sell a lot of them, you do the math. Fair enough. I agree to that. Okay. Acura makes a Future Collectible. Again. Uh, again. And we need to go drive a Civic Type R, uh, a um, Integra Type R, both of us. Yes, I'm interested in that for sure. I mean, how could you not? I went to SCCA school in an Integra, second generation Integra, and that car on track was... Uh, Wait a accident. second, you're like, I have no Honda wasn't on my thing. You went to, you did driving school in an Integra? Uh-huh. And? And it was great. I love that thing. Type it R? Was much, no, no. Okay. It was it was a car that subsequently became a lemons car. <laughs> so it was a genuine. It was, the, it was the throwaway race car that we that we used always to put people through school. Oh, it was like the disposable. Like, okay, if you're going to go out and SCCA school for the first time, take the Integra. Okay, so mm-hmm. it was great. I had a, such a good time in that car. It was faster than Miatas, which was great. Mm. Also, because everybody else in in driving school was in, in a spec Miata or. There was CRXs and rabbits and you know all manner of inexpensive race cars. There were some people out there in our in uh, RX sevens. Oh, well, that's courageous. <laughs> that's an inexpensive race car that becomes a very expensive, expensive race, race car. Yeah. So the uh, yeah the Integra was great. I enjoyed that car a lot and it had obviously a ton of fizz because it was a race car. 
Hmm. But uh, so, yeah, that's my reference point, I guess, for front wheel drive cars cool. up until I guess I started hanging out with your Volkswagens. I think you should spend a week with this car. I think once you get over the initial, like it's not a classic car in its fizziness and interactivity, I think you'll really like it. I mean, if I have a good, no, the tires, if I have a good run on a back road in it, then I will love the car. Yeah, forever. but nothing's more fun than tire squealing for an hour straight. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's true. I do enjoy that. Okay, where are the keys? You're taking it. All right. Sounds good. All right. That was a short one. All Weren't right. we supposed to be getting to 30 minutes? I mean, we're, we only guarantee this whole thing about an hour an episode is just because we never shut up. Yeah, they're supposed, supposed to be 30, 30 minutes. minutes. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Whatever. We're done on this one. Um, so this was, we didn't do an intro or an outro. This was episode 58 the, of you the have Curmudgeon just heard Show. Episode number 58 of the Curmudgeon Show, which is part of the... Um, ha- well, because I'm saying it should be fine. Haggerty Podcast Network. Yeah, that's why you're saying it, because I'll fuck it up. I mean, I can clap, no problem, but you... We I should can't just say. switch jobs. Next episode, we're switching jobs. Okay. Okay. Until then... Ta-ta. Ciao.